17 of Bad Friends Worst Critics, where we talk about anything we want to, particularly movies, TV shows, music, whatever else we want to. I'm Noah Davis, joined by John Pina and Lane Wellman, as always. We'll start with the news a little bit that came out. The news a little bit, let's do it. <laughs> okay, the news first, that came out. Here's <laughs> piece of news. Mm-hmm. Bam Margera seemingly kicked off Jackass 4. Um, hmm. He posted a drunken rant and talked about how he had to do drug testing and rehab visits and had to blow on a breathalyzer before set every day. Uh, he didn't seem too happy. He seemed a little drunk. <laughs> so no, he was drunk. Like, he yeah, was he was drunk. drunk. In the, yeah, it was. Did you guys watch it? Mm-hmm. I watched a little bit of it. I couldn't watch it. It all was the pretty way. sad. Yeah, it, it was way too sad. Poor guy. And he looks like 90. Yeah. Yeah. He looks just he, like fucking Vito. <laughs> like... He's looking like Vito by the day. By the day, that man's yeah. looking like Vito. And he was like asking, he was like, dude, if you guys could just like, he's like, I'll right, start a GoFundMe. Give me a dollar. He's like, a yeah, dollar. Give me a dollar instead of going to the see and that movie. He's like, I could make a way better like, movie. Hey. I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. But <laughs> I feel bad for you. <laughs> I mean, it is shitty because, you know, I. I don't think Bam's the most necessary part of Jackass, but if he's not there, it will be a little weird. Uh, especially since Ryan Dunn won't be there, then Bam won't be there. <laughs> Wait, why won't Ryan Dunn be there? <laughs> okay. okay. Um, yeah, and he kept bringing up how like Steve-O wasn't tested or anything, but Steve-O's been plainly sober for a while now. Yeah, when, um, like... No offense to any of the Jackass dudes, because they all have had their problems, but, like, Bam is the only one that's consistently been fucked up, and has yeah. been extraordinarily bad since Ryan Dunn's death. So, right, like, right. like Steve-O had to get sober, like, four different times, for various reasons. Like, one, the first time it was just alcohol, and then he had the big coke problem, and then he had the fucking, like, heroin problem, and then he had alcohol again, and finally he got sober. And yeah, Bam is, like, was... consistently just gotten sober on his own without going to rehab but like all of them have gone to rehab you know what i mean and only a couple of them have stayed consistently sober or at least like at a functional level of debauchery you know like i don't know that johnny knoxville has ever been sober but i don't know that he's ever needed to be sober because he seems like just like a normal dude who can party occasionally with his with his homies and not be like crippled by it and bam margera is crippled (laughs) He's very much hindered by his addiction, uh, and it just feels sad Yeah. in oh, a yeah. way that, I mean, like, yeah. they're all supposed to be friends, and I don't know what, like, you know, being rich and famous does to that kind of friendship when it's Money. all about, like, yeah, I know, but, like, especially their humor and their intelligence levels are all pretty low bar, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. they're, they're joking like they're 16, and they're yeah. all in their, like, mid-40s, so, like, when you add being rich and famous to that, and now your parents are old, and you gotta take care of them, and, like, again... I'm sure all your friends growing up can't relate to you at all. Like, there's probably a bunch of fucking problems there. And, like, it doesn't seem like any of them are helping Bam out. Not that they need to. But I'm just like, it's clear that he doesn't have any kind of support system. So it's just really fucking sad. Right. And, well, I mean, other than, you know, Steve-O making buku bucks from his YouTube channel, his book deals now, what have you. uh, It's just going to be kind of weird. Stand up. Yeah, it's just going to be kind of weird to see this movie with all these 40-year-old, 50-year-old men pretending 
like the good times are still going or something. But like, do and like, did you do you remember seeing like a story when it started filming? It was like within the first like two days. Yeah, Steve-O and John Knoxville. Yeah, yeah, they were both. Yeah, sorry, I forgot that we recovered it. But yeah, like they were in the hospital like two days after filming started. Like the guy, yeah. the guys, they're too old to be doing that shit to their bodies. Like I don't know. I think Johnny Knoxville like fractured something in his leg or something. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll watch it because, you know, I love those movies growing up. But like I'm not expecting anything if at get, this if point. If I get one good ridiculous laugh, yeah, I'll be okay with. It. Like Borat yeah. two, I wasn't gonna be like that's gonna be so funny and topical and you know Borat's type of humor is gonna be relevant to me in my life. But in a lot of ways, it still was funny, yeah. you know? And so if it is even remotely in that same vein of, like, if it captures even a part, a spark, a little ember of the essence of the original uh, Jackass movies, I'll be happy. You know, like, if it, they go, like, the bad grandpa route or, like, you know, produced by Johnny Knoxville style, I'm like, eh, miss me. But Don't you remember the classic cinema masterpiece action point? <laughs> yeah, same. Right. You remember that one? <laughs> <laughs> but you know if they keep the fucking wild boys jackass theme of like you know here's I, I don't even remember the dude's name but like here's the exotic animal dude and we're just gonna you know release a bunch of fucking hungry bats and you all are naked and you have fucking meat dangling from your meat like i'll watch it you know <laughs> and it, same thing if it's like like there you know the fucking gas mask and you fart straight into the gas mask like oh, there's just some classic ones <laughs> or like put the fucking uh the mouse around steve-o's uh or no that wasn't steve-o was chris Pontius. chris Pontius, yeah yeah <laughs> around his dick and just put it in the fucking snake pen like that's going to even if i don't laugh it's fun to watch right because i mean that nothing's quite replaced jackass or wild mm. boys for that mm. matter as much as things have tried, there's just nothing that's hit that mainstream appeal. You know, I just, I just hope the new one's in 3D. Oh yeah, because <laughs> you know, the third one was totally in 3D. Oh no, it could be in 4D. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> the mist and everything. So, yeah, here. Yeah. Get, get, yeah, get that fat guy. What's this fat guy's name? Um, I can't remember. The big fat guy that uh, they yeah, just yeah, make yeah. do yeah, fat guy things. They're like, oh, take off your shirt and fall into a bunch of cacti because you're fat. You're like, okay. That was the joke half the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, all right, that's enough, uh, man. That's enough stuff. Oh, wait. One last thing to make it. Oh, okay. Hunter, Hunter did say, I'm pretty sure Bam has bipolar disorder. So that doesn't help mm, that he's uh, does not help yeah, super drunk all the time. But uh, yeah, sad. All right. Okay, speaking of reliving the glory days. X-Play has announced, or X-Play, sorry, G4 has announced that their returning shows X-Play and Attack of the Show will be hosted by their original hosts, Adam Sessler and Kevin Pereira. Uh, whether their counterparts come back or not, who knows, but these two, that's, I feel like that's what people were hoping for to begin with. Uh, Adam who was Sessler, it, Olivia Munn or someone, didn't we yeah. say, last episode, Olivia, or the, Olivia the one Munn. before? Yeah, yeah, Olivia Munn. She was on Attack of the Show think and then uh i forgot who the other host on x-play was also i read this piece of news and read adam sandler and not adam sessler and was like what g4 and can't like, afford that yeah no a hundred million dollar for an episode yeah <laughs> you know and buy out the netflix million. contracts like yeah g4 has that money you know brand new g4 there right. got billions in the bank swimming in it okay uh i think two weeks ago Three weeks ago, Dave Chappelle 
talked about how his shows were on Netflix and HBO Max, and he did not receive any cut of that due to ownership of the IP, all that. And now he has confirmed that the show is not only back on air, but they did give him a paycheck. He was pretty frank about it. Uh, his quote says, they called me and I got my name back and I got my license back and I got my show back and they paid me millions of dollars. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very on brand for Chappelle, yeah. yeah. Um, Good for glad him. he got his millions of dollars, yeah. yeah. And it's back on HBO Max, so I guess they gave him millions of dollars too. Chappelle's probably uh, swimming in it right now. <clears throat> you know <clears throat> how this relates to Dave Chappelle. Uh, Paddington Three was announced yeah. this week. <laughs> okay. I ne- have never watched the Paddington movies, but I've only Me heard neither. good things. I've heard it, ex- like read it, yes, yeah. for so long. Jerked off Paddington One, and then Paddington Two came out, and everyone was just hype as fuck. Paddington Two was like, oh my god, it might even be as good as the first, if not better. And then people were like it was fine, but it wasn't that good. But Paddington One's still the best movie of all time. And it's been so overhyped for me. I have no interest in watching them. Oh, I just, okay. <laughs> I've it's gonna, it's like to... it's going. It's the Citizen Kane of fucking modern animated movies. <laughs> I don't, don't want to watch it because there's nothing. That... What do you mean? He's a fucking toy bear. CG bear. That's not an animated movie. Just because one character is CG. Is it not? No. I mean, no. Looney Tunes back in action is not an animated movie. It's got animated characters. That's all right. I'm saying. You're correct. <laughs> I didn't call it an anime, okay? I didn't say they fucking I super sand. I said an animated movie. It's not. <laughs> it is, though. It's like Godzilla. Godzilla is an animated movie. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay, now you're just. Don't, don't feed him. Don't feed the troll. <laughs> don't, don't, don't feed him. Jurassic Park. Don't, don't feed him. Nope. Guardians okay. of the Galaxy. Uh, and speaking of movie announcements, Zack Snyder has confirmed he is making a movie based around King Arthur and other Arthurian legends. Um. This is after Guy Ritchie tried to make a King Arthur movie five years ago, six. Wasn't there just one with like Timothy Chalamet, like not that long ago? That wasn't King Arthur. Was you sure. It? <laughs> it Haven't we talked King about King Arthur like King recently? Arthur. I I don't know. Um, <clears throat> oh no, okay, no, he plays Henry of Wales. I'm just I'm just captain. Could have been a TV show or something. Uh, who knows. King Arthur has never made money in the cinemas. Can we talk about how, this and the fact that these production companies are still going after it? Yeah, it's just not good. Like, I there's, mean, there's no the, good uh, retellings of King Arthur. There's the 2004 one with Clive Owen that was supposed to set up a trilogy. And you guys remember King Arthur 2 and 3, right? Right? Those, those mm-hmm. happened. Right, of course. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Watch them every, yeah, yeah. every night. The I classics, watch, dude. You know. Everyone My favorite knows... parts were the, the Merlin scenes. Everyone know? knows Clive Owen as Arthur, okay? Everybody. Uh, yeah, I just can't imagine doing yet another one. And it's Zack Snyder, so I feel like this is a double whammy. It's probably just going to be slow-mo and look nice, but still be a not good movie, you know? Whatever, uh, we'll see next year. I think Was Guy like... Ritchie... Yeah, Guy Ritchie's was... Uh... King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Yeah. Did you ever uh, watch that movie? Nope. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted my time back, and I didn't <laughs> pay for that movie. <laughs> There's some interesting choices. Um, you know Guy Ritchie movies, like Snatch mm-hmm. and you know heist films that he does? Mm-hmm. It does that. Like King, King Arthur. Arthur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He literally narrates a scene. 
and they're doing you know high shit. <laughs> it's, the budget it's was 175 funny. million box yeah, office 148. Was, Jude Law's the villain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of money behind it. A lot of money. It's not good. Wow. You know, actually, there is there is a good King Arthur movie. Transformers Five. Nope. Can, any 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 real guesses? Any real um, guesses? Good King Arthur movie? No. no. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh. oh okay, I guess that counts. <laughs> of course. Yeah, that's the best King Arthur movie. You heard it here first. Which is pathetic. But that is honestly, the best King Arthur honestly, movie. Yeah, yeah. That's pathetic. <laughs> Blame Hollywood for that one. Okay. Uh, I forgot this man's name. I meant to write it down. But he is the director of the new Godzilla vs. King Kong. He has confirmed that he is making a sequel and not a reboot to the classic movie Face Off starring John Travolta and Nick Cage. Adam uh, Wingard? Adam, yeah, Adam Wingard? Wingard? Wingard, Wingard, yeah. Um, I don't know what He went to Full Sail University, dude? Anything's possible. <laughs> I mean, hey. Isn't that the, like the for-profit, like, online school? I'm pretty sure. They have a campus, I think. But it's mostly online. I've got Ooh, a friend I mean, that did that. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah. Man's making Hollywood movies off that. That's what I'm saying. I, I, oh, they have a I lot of genuine... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because well, uh, it's, it's like mostly like art stuff, right? Like they do like audio engineering and they yeah. do film and they do yeah business. I think I haven't seen college commercials in so long. I kind of miss them. Yeah, you know uh, Everest University, DeVry, DeVry, DeVry bro, <laughs> Southern New Cordon Hampshire, Blue. yeah, Southern New Hampshire <laughs> yeah. University. You know, uh, the local ones. Uh, what's yeah. the one in fucking Arizona? The... I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't Everest, you sure? Isn't DeVry in Arizona? Maybe it is DeVry, but I, I was thinking there was one like like Phoenix, but obviously oh, not Phoenix. Phoenix the city. Oh. I'm, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it might just be called Phoenix. You might be right about that one. Uh, yeah, but back to the face-off thing. This is a sequel and not a reboot. Uh, I'm curious to see if the main actors are coming back, whether it's a direct sequel or, you know, uh, 20 years later sequel. That would be, I just want them to explain them having to switch their faces again. Uh, have either of you seen Face Off? Yeah. Long yeah, time. like the OG, <clears throat> the OG yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm curious to see who switches faces this time, because that's literally going to have to happen. Right. Or else, why call it Face Off? A little off topic, dude. Speaking of John Travolta, we talked about yeah. after the OJ thing how I thought he looked fucking terrible. Yeah, I am happy to say that I, I forgot to mention this because I thought about it, but I, um, he had a Super Bowl commercial. I can't remember what he did in it, but he looks like not terrible. <laughs> he looked like just Travon John Travolta old, and I was like, oh my god, dude, it was so relieving. Oh, I told you guys that fake tan was all makeup and the hairline was. Yeah, makeup, I should have believed you, so. but it was it was so yeah. scary. John Travolta smart enough to keep his face. <clears throat> I think yeah. Did you see? Not that it's news, but we're talking about him. I'm pretty sure he left uh, the cult. Yeah, he's been. It seems he's been uh, veering away or kind of ignoring a bit. No, maybe not completely, but it seems he's separating himself from Scientology a bit. Which, uh... Oh no, I, I thought it was like severed. I thought he like left 
church. Mm. Well, I think he as says much as someone <clears throat> that involved is. He yeah. praised the doctors or something, and Scientologists don't do that, and that's why people think that. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I didn't know he was affiliated yeah. with Scientology. I thought it was just like Tom Cruise or something. Will Smith is too. I don't know if anyone oh, well. forgets about that. Will Smith. Yeah, big big Hollywood boys are. Yep. Wow. I just wanted to remind people. Because he used to have to defend it and say he wasn't a part of it, but I think people kind of forgot so much that he doesn't talk about it anymore. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Scientology makes the world go round. Like, True. True. Don't you know that? True. You're right. You're right. Okay. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of animated shit that's been announced in the last few months, but here's another one. Fox has announced an animated comedy based off the popular board game Clue. So just like know. the movie, but a TV show? I don't know. You know? Did you watch the movie? Did we watch the movie together? I don't... I've never seen the movie. So... I watched the movie recently, like last oh, I calendar year. No. Maybe I just watched it with my dad. I thought we had talked about it. I've never seen it. I think I've seen bits and pieces on TV. Um... It's not that bad of a movie. It's actually pretty... For a movie made based on a board game? Right. You know? I do know, I, I've read a thing where I think theaters had two uh, separate versions. And so, like, one side of the, you know, state, you might have one ending, and then the other side of your state, you might have another ending. I think there were two separate endings for Clue, just to fuck with people, I guess. I Which think... sounds like an awesome idea. I was going to say, if I'm not mistaken, let me make sure, but I thought there were alternate endings for every character. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. so like, you could have the Colonel Mustard ending, or you could have... See, if the show somehow does something of, you know similar to that, similar to an actual mystery, that would be awesome. <laughs> but I feel this is just going to devolve into jokes about murder and the board game and be all meta and shoved up his own ass, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I, that's how I foresee every show, animated show nowadays. <laughs> That's how they're gonna go. Okay, uh, James Cameron is developing a True Lies TV show. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with True Lies. Um, but yeah, he's developing a True Lies TV show for CBS. Uh, True Lies was a 90s movie that okay, had only Schwarzenegger. So, yeah. so it is three <laughs> endings that were filmed. Oh, okay. And so movie theaters across the country got filmed each of the three endings. Just one of them, rather. Right. Uh, but because it grossed so poorly, it you know that got fucking nixed, and then it ultimately just continued to do like shit. But then on the VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray versions, all the endings were compiled together, and then just shown rapid fire style. Oh, at the tail end of the movie, and you just saw all three possibilities. Hmm. That's kind of did, weird. Did they tell it. like when they were like doing press for the movie? Did they say like they were gonna be like? You don't know which ending you're gonna get, because I agree that's kind of ball. That's kind of cool for them to be yeah, like, because because like you go home and you're like you call up your fucking friend, you're like, dude, you gotta watch this Clue movie, and he's like, I already saw. Isn't it crazy that so and so like killed you? And he's like, what are you talking about? No, it was like the other character, and then they like fight over it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. But yeah, when it, it was old, right? I wish things 90s, did that right? today. You would no, think it was like eighties or seventies, eighty five. Oh wow. You'd think even with streaming, they'd be able to do that more, mm -hmm. but it seems as though they've done it even less since. Um, 
I think they could do it, especially after like not that it's exactly the same thing, but like the Black Mirror thing that Netflix did, whatever the movie was, where you kind of mm, got to like yes. oh, uh, Bandersnatch. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say Snyder Bits <laughs> or something. <laughs> where you got to like choose your adventure. Um, yeah, those suck though. Yeah, that did suck. But, <laughs> that's, that's but, it, but my point is, it definitely means that there could be a good version of that somehow, eventually. Yeah, you know, someday. Hopefully. Okay. We'll cross our fingers. Fingers. Touch. Okay. Uh, you know what? Who cares about <laughs> True Lies? Uh, Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge are set to produce and star in Amazon Prime's Mr. and Mrs. Smith TV show. Uh well, did you see that yeah. deal that he signed, or that yeah, he's like reported he's like a, it's like a, it's like an eight-figure deal or something with Amazon. Amazon got that money, you know, got that and Bezos money. I saw that. Um, uh, fuck, never mind. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Totally. It's yeah, I think we were talking about Mr. and Mrs. Smith, mm-hmm. uh, or I referenced it when we were talking about Gross Point Blank. And I just love how, of all the things that could have been rebooted in the next month, this would be it. I don't know how you do a TV show, but who cares? Donald Glover. You yeah, know, I'll watch, watch it. Pretty much anything that he's creating. Um, Especially if it's going to be like a comedy, right? Like, Or maybe not comedy. comedy, but yeah, light action. Because Mr. and Mr. Smith is pretty action comedy, mm-hmm. I would say. It's not like typical or not right. exactly an action movie. Right. Because it, it's a bit intentionally over the top, and it's a bit focused on their relationship and not, like, Bond, where it's, like, it's all about being in MI6 and being all fucking, you know, into subterfuge and spy work and shit. I mean, Mr. I, Smith's I, like, they're spies, but they're really married is what the thing is. <laughs> I, I do think it would be cool to have, like, a whole episode of them just trying to hide it from each other and just see cool ways of doing that but again i guess we'll uh, wait and see i think it's supposed to come out in 2023 so we're gonna be waiting a minute cool okay uh <clears throat> netflix this week has revealed their anime based off of dota i don't know if we talked about this i really do Re- I, I feel like i've <laughs> i feel like we've covered every single netflix anime whatever but i just didn't know there's going to be a dota based one uh, it's going to be in the universe. It's going to deal with X amount of characters, I think the description said. And they dropped a trailer. Looks like a Netflix anime. I'll probably watch it. Even though I don't fucking know what Dota is or what it's about. Or... I don't know. You know I know it's a MOBA. Yeah. yeah. Right. I don't know anyone <clears throat> what's about it. So I guess we'll see. Does anyone? Dota fans, right? Dota fans know things. <laughs> Doubt it. They're out there. They're real. Okay, uh, Spike Lee gave an interview this week where he said that if he found the right Marvel movie, that he'd be open to directing it. And I just find that really interesting. Uh, Spike Lee, of all the people, of all the directors that are out there with this. Yeah, like, uh, that's cool, I guess. Like, what's Spike Lee's last five movies? It's like The Five Bloods, Black Klansman. Yeah. I can't even tell you. Somewhere in there, there's that heist movie, <laughs> like Inside Man or whatever. With Denzel. Like, two thousand seven or something. Yeah. Well, like, what else has come out, bro? He had that uh, Shy Town movie that I. Chirac, Chirac, Chirac. Chirac yeah, that I wasn't gonna watch. Um, 
because it's a Shakespeare retelling. Uh, whatever, whatever. Uh, I'm just curious to see what. Oh wait, he did the American Old Boy. <laughs> Damn. Okay, Lane, can you keep that? Lane, you need to keep that pause in editing because Jesus Christ. Okay. You know what? Fuck Spike Lee. <laughs> you know what? Fuck Spike Lee. You heard it here first. Like, I just like is. I don't know what he's going to bring to the superhero table that wasn't already outclassed by other directors. Like, I just don't know what he thinks is still out there that he can latch on to. You know, I, yeah, I would they... think a director would be a little more specific about this instead of just being, oh, you know, if I see the right one, I'll do it. I mean, how was and... that question even raised? Were, were they like, oh, I heard that, you know, the, they... I think it was, they were talking about Scorsese <laughs> and uh, whatever. And his opinions on how Marvel movies are diminishing movie theaters or whatever. Mm. You know. And so. They are. Just, I mean, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Let it happen. I'm just saying, movie theaters are dying, and Disney's never been doing better, so. <laughs> That's fair. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean I'll, I'll probably watch a Spike Lee Marvel movie. I just don't know. I would, I would watch it, but the problem is. Spike Lee doesn't make family movies, really. He makes movies that are heavily pertinent to, like, race or some deep, like, civil conflict of some kind. Uh, or kind of, like, just, like, for fun movies, but not ever, like, action movies with predominant, like, white leads. And, of course, Marvel's changing that a little bit now. I mean, you had one movie with Wakanda present in it, and... You've had a few female leads, but even those ones have been majority white. So it's like, eh. I just like why, I don't think Spike Lee wants to do a Marvel movie. I think, I think well, that just sounds I, like a talking you know, point. <laughs> like, you know, I, I think it's really if the fat enough paycheck comes along, maybe that's what he meant by it. Um, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see. Uh, Spike Lee does whatever he wants now. I feel like nothing can find Spike Lee when he goes to make a movie. That's true. Okay, uh, speaking of unnecessary sequels and reboots, did you know we're getting a Paranormal Activity 7? No. 7. I I didn't realize we had a 6. <clears throat> I, I think I knew we were, there were 5 of them. Um, yeah, I never... I think we talked about this before. with the found footage genre in general. It's so cheap that they can basically make them forever. We get it. Just stop. I'm surprised it's, not <laughs> it's just not good. I'm really like, surprised. Why are people watching them? I'm surprised this isn't just called Paranormal Activity. Trying to reboot. Besides it. Star oh, Wars, yeah. is there a movie with like seven parts? Harry Potter. Besides Harry Potter and Star Wars. Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Other um, franchises? Because I'm like, cool. of ones that have deserved it and made it that far. Like Paranormal Activity is never going to be in my repertoire of ones I call off it's the top all. of my head. The Saw franchise has seven. Is it seven? Yeah, I think the new one... Well, actually, the reboot, I think, made it eight. And then the new one coming out this year will make it nine. So, I mean, you know, producers are going to produce. They're going to try and make money. Um, Kudos to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoy how Paranormal Activity... I think it was the fifth one or something. It was a spinoff. 
called like the marked ones or something mm-hmm. and it tied in its plot with the first one it there was something in the first and i just love how these directors and writers are trying to give us some sort of plot or i can't believe they have plots like yeah. <laughs> i feel like i've only i've only seen the first one and the only thing i just remember is like it's just okay, like well, people sleeping and then you see like a ghost like come and like pull the blanket a little bit or something and then like well in the first one when the girl i think this is i don't know if i recall this correctly but in the first one when the woman is possessed like near the end climax point mm-hmm. uh and she looks downstairs or something just for a little bit and then just walks away marked ones makes it so that this boy the main character opens a portal in time and he's looking through and sees her and so that's what she was looking at down the stairs Mm. yeah (laughs) okay you know not interested not interested (laughs) (laughs) okay and oh I'm sorry, I was going to save this for our last piece of news, but I guess we're going after this. Um, So we were talking about HBO Max last week and their decision to create podcasts. Well, they're trying to diversify their library even more now by stating that they're creating over 50 preschool programs in the next two years. They just need to pick a lane, okay? HBO Max just needs to pick a lane and get over it. They can't have every... They can't have their finger in every pot or every pot, you know. I just don't so understand. We talked about this last week. HBO is Warner Group, right? Yeah. And Warner they Group is like AT and T. Yeah, yeah. And it's also like Spectrum. Yeah, it's all that. Yeah. All that. So they have way more money than Netflix. Technically, maybe not HBO Max. Yeah, 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 yeah. But technically, the money pool that they could dip into is mm-hmm. infinite. Right. Netflix is getting there. Yeah. But, like, I don't know that HBO Max needs a lane. Should it have a lane? Probably. Need I, a lane? Nah. They have I think it's infinite really money. If you diversify too much, I feel as though people aren't going to know what to expect from your service. Almost what Netflix. What about Netflix? Netflix has I, yeah, a, I feel way too much. Netflix has hit that point over for a while now. I've been past but, I that think, but I think it's so many people knowingly used those services they have profiles for their different tastes Mm. like dad's profile is dad's profile you're only gonna get your action movies maybe you're like psychological thrillers your fucking you know long-winded crime dramas and then mom's account whatever chick flicks and every stereotype you can name for an adult middle-aged white woman and then the kids accounts are all you know preschool to high school teen shit depending on how old the children are and so you can be hyper focused like that and still not be like i don't know like i I don't all my family love their streaming services for how much volume so like i don't know i i I don't see it as a problem i don't know like i don't Uh, think it's like from a business perspective i don't think it's losing in the money maybe it's just where i see uh disney plus i think has cornered this fucking market of kids streaming yeah. that this is almost stupid to sink money into because you're losing or it's an it's an uphill battle to say the least right you know, it's not gonna be smooth sailing oh kids are gonna flock to hbo max but uh you know, see here's we'll here's where here's where i get confused yeah it feels like the streaming services are not doing the bare minimum 
which is technically what they should be doing. I'm personally happy they're not doing the bare minimum, right? Like, if we got only, like, 10 new releases a month on oh, any okay. particular streaming okay. service, they could totally do that and be like, well, we gave you this and we gave you that. Like, you don't need more content. We're trying to make good content, not a lot of content. And realistically, they do a little bit of both. They probably right. make a little bit too much. Some of it's crap. Maybe most of it's crap. But every once in a while, there's a gem on every streaming service. I don't care which one you name. There's a good show or thing. Uh, and so, like, when HBO Max says something like this, like 50 preschool projects, I'm like, they're not going to compete with Disney+. Plus. They don't really need to compete with Disney+. Plus. They just need to make people think that they should keep paying their subscription. I don't think they're trying to get new people with it. You know, right. like every, okay. every fresh family, every post-college-aged, you know – business degree father to be is like i make six figures now like i'll buy our family disney plus you know like because they just got pregnant and they're gonna have their little baby and they're gonna want to watch fucking toy story or whatever show them all their favorite cinderella movies etc but like you probably also own hbo plus or hbo max rather and the hbo max is going to by definition catch the adults so why not have stuff for the kids too? Like you, it's just a reason to keep the subscription going and not like a way to get new people into it. I don't think. I guess you know what. All right, I guess we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what, that's a frames it a little better, but uh, you know, I can't wait to watch all of them. I'll be watching preschool. <laughs> when you've binged their entire library of like a hundred other fucking things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Sesame Street uh, spinoffs, all that. Okay, and our last piece of news, this was added a little under the radar, uh, there were leaks for the BlizzCon this year? This year's BlizzCon? Yeah. Oh, so just, just today, actually, this what morning. Kind of, uh, what were we talking about? The full spectrum. Blizzard accidentally sent out their press kits the to all the big... <laughs> yeah, to all of the media sites, and so, so every media them. site had to go, oh, I guess we have to release this now, because the our competition is going to. Right. So every piece of BlizzCon information got leaked the day before BlizzCon tomorrow. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so what did they announce? Just give, so, can you give me a rundown? <laughs> uh, so it, the, the specifics I don't Diablo know all Immortals. of. Yeah, but Diablo Immortals is one of the big talking points this year because Everybody it's finally going to be launched. Everybody uh, the, there's some Diablo 4 shit I didn't care about reading, but that is out there somewhere in the ether. Okay. Uh, the new WoW patch is discussed. Wow, TBC's been discussed. Hots basically had no talk. Uh, Starcraft had like no talk. Uh, Hearthstone Crazy. has a, a new patch coming, and it, basically everything everyone predicted. And because of that, it's like the most underwhelming thing probably ever, uh, because not only was it leaked a day before, but it was leaked by the company who was promising a fair bit. Like, of course, COVID uh, delays, uh, but like. Bro, it's February. The last one you had was not the last November, but the one before that. November oh, 2019. They didn't have one last year at all, did they? Okay. No, that's why this we're having it in February. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. it's like it's it's like to have such an underwhelming BlizzCon, even with the global pandemic and working from home, it's like this is an example of doing the bare minimum. This is an example of a company really trying to milk out as much money as humanly possible with as little substance delivered as possible to the consumer. Do they have any news on Overwatch 2? 
I feel like they kind of announced they're, that they're, they, years ago. There might have been. I, I, don't, I don't even think I read anything about it. But I don't know that that means that the leak didn't have it. I just didn't read the entirety of the right. leak. I was mostly focused on the WoW stuff. There is, like there is some talk. Or, okay. Yeah. But I think it's probably more like, hey, it's coming next year. <laughs> and that's probably yeah, all it's going to be. I don't know. I feel as though people have forgotten they even announced that shit. People don't totally forget. They have Overwatch not forgotten. Too. Okay. Well, <laughs> no. Overwatch games or something, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, John, you gotta cut us aside, dude. It's a small indie company. They can't do... <laughs> <laughs> they can't do it all, okay? Yeah, so, uh... That's good. What is it? Mm-mm-mm. No, huh? I, I don't see anything here about wow. Overwatch okay. 2, but it, 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 it will be mentioned, I guess. So maybe maybe it wasn't the full press kit, even though I thought it was. God, what a fuck up! Yeah, You're I mean, huge, done a up. huge, a huge fuck up. And like, <clears throat> the BlizzCon's obviously online this year, so it's not even a huge like revenue generating source besides the ads that they'll sell to people who are streaming it for free online. But like, still, I don't know. It just left a bad taste in my mouth about the whole thing. And I'm like, the patch for WoW kind of seems cool, and obviously the Burning Crusade's gonna make them a million fucking dollars too. But like. At the end of the day, for something that's usually pretty hype every year, if you like even a single Blizzard game, let alone if you like most of them or all of them, this is like, do you not have phones level of cringe? I literally, I cannot forget. BlizzCon will always be, everybody has phones, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody has phones. And uh, that was the last piece of news. We want to move on. All right. I'll start with what I did this week. Um, pretty light week. I finished the Last Dance. Um, fucking incredible. It was good all the way through. Recommended. Michael Jordan still the goat. Yeah, he's still the goat. Um, it's honestly kind of sad. I mean, because I, I mean, we were technically born during this, but obviously we were like one year old at the end of yeah. the Bulls dynasty, and I didn't even get into basketball until like five or six years ago so like i didn't i haven't even like watched all of those old games but it's so sad like hearing how much of like it's like a business decision for like teams to do shit like that because it was the general manager who really like split them all up he was like saying that like the head coach even if he didn't lose a single game and took them to like their second three-peat he was not fucking coming back to coach and it's just like sad to like hear that shit like hear the players talk about it like like, yeah, I mean, we could have gone and, like, got another championship the next year, but, you know, the general manager wanted to split us all up, essentially. So, but, yeah, it's really good. I recommend it, even if you don't like basketball, to finish it or to watch it. But um, I picked a new, not a new, but a uh, new show that I watch every night, like, as I'm going to bed, and it's Scrubs for the, like, fifth or sixth time. Just got to rewatch Scrubs. So, I, John's kind of getting close to his, like, last semester of med school well, he's you know he's in the last semester so i need to be able to talk to him about doctor stuff i need to ca- I need, yeah i need to yeah teach myself yeah you'll be yeah you'll be an expert yeah you watch Grey's anatomy and then you are <laughs> i actually thought it was really funny in the very first episode you know jd's having like his inner monologue and he's like he's like after so many years of undergrad and then med school blah blah, blah and he's like i've realized i don't know anything <laughs> about this and i was like I feel like I've heard John already say that. That's pretty funny. Like, that's literally yeah. the – I feel like uh, there's a quote from 
doctors that I've heard. It's like a saying that gets passed around for people in medical school, but it's like Grubbs is the most accurate representation of medicine. But it's like, you know, the the least dramatic one, you know what I mean? Like it's the least trying to be real. Mm -hmm. And because of that, like it makes it so much more authentic. Like those conversations that the nurses have with the residents, with the medical students, like the feeling like you don't fucking know anything, the incompetence or like the douchebaggery of the people who are like your attendings or supervisors, like that is all very much more real than like Grey's Anatomy, for example, where like you just have fucking the random drama every day. Each day your life is just so much harder than the next. It's like, no, it's like the same bullshit everyone at every job ever deals with, but now in the context of like a hospital. Right. Um, See, I'm excited to rewatch I'm not a big Scrubs guy. Really? Yeah. Mm, I'm excited. I, I think it's funny when I've watched it. I'm never sold to like keep watching. Yeah, exactly. I'm never sold to keep watching. I'm like, oh yeah, this is funny. I'll watch like one or two episodes, and I'm like, I'm good. After yeah. school, Comedy Central every day. <laughs> love it. I mean, I I love Scrubs, so I'm excited to do another watch of it. Um, and then the last thing I watched, I think, um, do you guys remember the night of? I think it's on HBO Max, right? The Riz Ahmed show. You like? Yeah, that show I couldn't get through. Yeah, so yeah. I remember seeing previews for it when it came out, and I was like, this seems really fucking cool. Um, but I didn't want to watch it then because I didn't want to wait every week or however long they were dropping episodes because it's only nine episodes. Um, <clears throat> so I wanted to binge it, and then I forgot about it, and then I never binged it. And I was up this morning, so I was like, well, I'm going to watch something. And I saw that, so I started watching the first episode. And I have never been so... Bored. Well... I know I wasn't bored, dude. I was like, I was okay. so anxious the entire yeah. time. But it was like, it. I mean, they did a pretty good job, I thought, of just like filling me with anxiety. And I literally, after the first episode, had to stop, and then I just went back and watched more Scrubs because I was like, I need to like decompress. It it fucked me up a little bit, just like, cause I don't know, cause it's like you know this guy is like seemingly innocent, and then you know he's just like a little nerd, whatever, and then. He finds a dead body and he's like, well, I mean, like, it has to be me that killed this person, right? And it's just kind of crazy, but <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to finish the show. Um, but I just didn't, I, I couldn't bring myself to care after you, that first episode. Really? So yeah. you just thought it was, like, too boring? Yeah, I was just trying to do too much with, like, one simple plot line. I don't know. Hmm. Could huh? put my finger on it. I mean, that, that, could be, that could be true, too. I mean, I... I haven't made it past the first episode, so we'll see. I don't think um, I did. And as far as anything that I listened to, um, honestly, this Barty Strange album, I listened to that just kind of like on repeat most of the week. Um, after I listened to a little bit of the soundtrack from her afterwards, um, some of the like piano stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was pretty light, like I said, for me. Um, yeah. Flip a coin. Whoever. No. All right. No. Oh, goes. hold on. Wait. No. 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 Oh, I was no, gonna no, flip a first. coin on <laughs> Google. All wait. Right. Wait. Google's flipping. No. Call it. Heads. Oh, nice. It's you. Go. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, you know I feel like I watched a good amount, but when I put it in the hours, you know, I've had heavier weeks before. Okay. Uh, I watched a movie called End of Days. It's a uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger cheesy action flick about the 
end of days. Really bad, guys. It's really bad. Okay. <laughs> 1999 just, Arnold, you don't say. I just, I don't know. I was in the mood, and I quickly found out I wasn't in the mood, but I was already an hour in. So, <laughs> you know, I, I finished it out. It's not, not worth your time. Just don't even worry about it. Okay. Uh, even that's cool and dark and edgy scenes really are dark and edgy compared to anything nowadays, you know? I don't know. Dark and edgy for 99 is just a lot more tame, <laughs> I guess. Right. Uh, yeah, not worth it. Okay. Then I watched a lot of DC animated movies. I feel like since HBO Max added those, I might as well just mark off the ones I haven't seen, you know? Uh, I watched a really shitty pair of ones called Death of Superman and Reign of the Superman. They're, it's a sequel to the other one. They're bad. They're bad. I've um, heard of Death of Superman, but not... I watched Death of Superman, I think. Yeah, it's not great. It's not good at all. And... It's the Doomsday one, right? Just yeah. Big battle with Doomsday and Doomsday kills him? Yeah. Uh, it's not really fun to watch at all. And the voice cast I have a really weird problem with because... Do you guys you guys know the character of Lex Luthor? I mean, I know the character. I don't know uh, yeah, who okay, usually okay. voices Well, him. right, right, right. But I'm saying, in my mind, I picture Lex Luthor as this apex human, just the perfect genetic human. But, right. You know, Blonde hair, blue uh, eyes, white male who has bald, fucking bald spot. Bald, but, <laughs> bald yeah. Uh, But yeah, pretty much. I'm, I'm just saying the voice is the, the yeah. alpha. And yeah. they chose to cast Rain Wilson. Otherwise no. <laughs> known as Dwight from The Office. Yeah, no right. I'm going to watch that tonight just to hear it. <laughs> That's crazy. Man. Bro, he's it, famous from Galaxy Quest, okay? Not from, it anno- okay. Not from The Office. <laughs> right. I don't fucking remember that movie. Like, I don't know. I didn't even know he was in that. Um, what? That's like his first movie ever. Yeah, I don't remember that movie at all. I'm not sure if I just, like sat down and watched it. Oh, it's actually pretty funny. It's actually a decent little movie. Well, I hadn't watched Star Trek, so I feel like um, it wasn't you don't relevant need to. to me. But I've watched The Next to. Generation now, so, you know, I'm pretty much a Trekkie. Trekkie. <laughs> <laughs> I know Klingon. Um, yeah, but then I watched All-Star Superman, and it's a alternate timeline story about Superman where Superman basically gets super cancer. And it is awesome. Like, fantastic. The voice cast is great. The Lex Luthor in this one sounded like Lex Luthor. Uh, I just want to be very specific about that. Uh, is his name pronounced Luthor? I always yeah. said Luthor. Lex Luthor. Yeah, I always said Luthor. I mean, that's like a... I mean, if you, I'm just saying, you know, Lex Luthor. But I think... No, you're not. You're saying Lex anyway. Luthor. Right. I'm just a nun. No, we're saying Lex Luthor. They're different. No, there's different pronunciations, bro. I don't know. It's like it's I like don't know what's correct. it's like Hunter's name's not Hunter. <laughs> but you're gonna call him Hunter, you know? No, I say Hunter. I mean Yeah, I say Hunter. Okay. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just saying you choose to enunciate or not. It's the same name. Um Yeah, but it's an alternate take, alternate timeline. I would actually recommend it if you're ever in the mood for uh DC animated shit. Then I last one I watched was Green Lantern Emerald Knights. It's more of an anthology movie because it's about I think five different Green Lanterns. Oh, and I oh yeah. It's actually pretty damn good. I I'm pretty sure if the 2009 Green Lantern just did this, it could have been a good mm-hmm. movie. 
Uh, but oh, because that's the one that Nathan there. Fillion does. I do know this yeah, one. Actually. Well, I yeah. this one. Nathan Fillion, I think, voices Hal Jordan in multiple things. So this. I, I think I've watched this one though. The plot uh, that you even described barely. It sounds really familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's Tales. Uh, it's a rookie, brand new addition to the Green Lantern Corps, and Hal Jordan's like, "Oh, hey, rookie. Has anyone told you about this story?" And that pretty much sets up all the stories you see. And it's actually a pretty, I don't know, it's its a little heavy-handed, but it's a pretty efficient way to do an anthology such as that. And that's all I watch for the most part, other than rewatching, you know, Community or whatever. Uh, then I listened to Macy Gray's first studio album, On How Life Is. Pretty damn awesome. I can see why it got some Grammy nods. Uh, Macy Gray's awesome. I don't think I've ever just sat down for her albums. I've just heard her, you know, her hits, all that. Um, you know, it's, it's on how life is the '99 one. Yeah, I think that was her first studio one. That's what I, you know, got started at the beginning. Uh, you know, it's got some funk, got some soul. Uh, I don't know if that's just how late '90s, early 2000s R&B sounded, but it's definitely great. It's even got kind of a techno song in it a little bit at the end. Um, Yeah, really good. And that's all I did for this week. Cool. John. Uh, Me, me, me. Um, I'll start music because there's literally nothing here. Um, So, like you, Lane, I dove a bit more into the her music than I thought I was going to. But uh, hey, hey, John, not to interrupt you. do you know what streaming service This Is Us is on? Yeah, Hulu. Okay. Because I was just, I was thinking about starting it, and I just <laughs> didn't know what channel. Or I can't give well, John the satisfaction. Funny. When I when I get it. into TV talk, I've got a show in the same vein. Oh, I don't know that it's better, but it's also on Hulu. Hmm. I, I will to get there, but music first. So, uh... The Moon Song was my favorite song from the movie just because it was kind of silly and dumb and I liked the lyrics as opposed to just instrumental. However, like a lot of the piano pieces, like when she was like, oh, I'm writing you a song, whatever, like mm-hmm. just excellent. And I don't want to spoil too much of my thoughts and everything because I want to comment on that again. But The Moon Song, uh, Ezra Koenig does a rendition of it. Oh. Uh, and that one, I mean, you know, it's Ezra, I'm going to just jerk it off. So it's great. And you're still it's probably that. not great. Yeah, it's yeah. probably not uh, and then that song in trance, the I'm so by in trance, the I'm so glad one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught that one. He was just like, I was listening to this song the other day and I couldn't stop listening to it. And it's basically when Joaquin uh, goes from like super depressed to in love with Scarlet, like that transition scene. He's like riding on the train, oh, looking out the mm-hmm. window, and it's like an upbeat song as opposed to the melancholy bullshit he's been listening to all day. Um, that song I've also been listening to. Uh, but besides those two songs, I haven't listened to any new music outside of this one playlist I found. I forget what song it was um, earlier this week, but I was trying to figure out what genre it would be called. And upon a Google search, it's called New Weird Americana, which I was like, sure. What's the song um, that is, that is, that, No, that's the genre. I don't know yeah. which song it was that I Googled. Um, I just was like, oh, this sounds interesting. What's the genre? So I Google now, or I look up on Spotify, New Wave Americana, and there was a playlist, and so I added the playlist, and I love this genre. It is, like, perfect, just, like, ambient music and not, like, I'm listening to it, listening to it. Is uh, New N-U or N-E-W? It's just N-E-W, New. 
Yeah, and then weird, and then Americana. Weird. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, I I fuck with it. Um, and that's really all I listened to. I really wanted to listen to that Mal Morta bullshit, that Portuguese band, but I forgot. Oh, I forgot about that too. It's, it's on my playlist. All I'm right, just saying, like, on. I forget to like set away time to listen to music that isn't like explicitly for the context of the gonna, show. I'm just gonna put it on my consume for next week. You know, I, 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 I do it. Yeah, I just forget. Uh, and I wanted to listen to the Anna Wise one, also didn't get to it, so that will be on next week's also for me. But oh, yeah, then just, the, then just then just Strange. Um, so yeah, uh, as far as what I watch, so I've been trying to figure out good shows to watch and get addicted to. Right. Um, most of them have been doing it for me. So I was browsing again through all of my streaming platforms and found on Hulu. A show I was telling you all about um, that I didn't really know the context of, but I finally started called A Million Little Things. Mm -hmm. um, and it's an ABC show as opposed to This Is Such, which is an NBC show, but it's the same. Uh, and the premise is four male friends in their like early 30s who live in Boston and how their lives are interconnected, how they met, and like how they became friends, like in the last whatever two, three years that they met and you know enjoyed each other's company. And like the first ten minutes start with one of those four friends suicide. Oh, yeah. And Literally. then it's just about. I mean, it, the whole premise of the movie, the first season at least, is them dealing with a suicide. It happens in the first ten minutes. That's not a spoiler. Uh, <laughs> and so. Yeah, then it's just about dealing with all the intricacies of that, and I don't know. For an ABC show, because that, that's what I said about This Is Us on NBC, I was like, it gets surprising, like, it feels more surprisingly real than not. The cursing is a little bit light for me, personally. Like, if it just had a little bit more cursing, I think it would be very much more real. And, you know, I don't need the gratuitous sex, but, like, they, they can still, like, have sex and talk about sex, and it doesn't feel awkward or corny or, like, Disney-like. So A Million Little Things I find, and I've been the entire show. I watched season episodes? one, season two, season three. They're all 40-minute episodes. Season one's got 17. Season two has 19. And season, <laughs> season three has five. <laughs> some of them are, Jesus, that's some prime fucking <laughs> movie right there. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so, I liked it. Um, is the is the show over or is it just? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's still on the air. It's just yeah, it's just on the air. So just like this is us now. Mm -hmm. I have two shows that I'm going to be waiting for. Oh, God knows how much time to watch. Um, but I would highly recommend. Almost, I want to recommend a million little things more than this is us. But I think if you don't like a million little things. You won't like This Is Us, whereas if you don't like This Is Us, you might not like A Million Little Things. I don't know if I can explain that well enough. But I think it's wrong, but I think I know what I, you're I, know. I think I would, I would rather recommend A Million Little Things, but I think the better one to watch first is This Is Us. Because if you don't like This Is Us, it opens up the opportunity to maybe like A Million Little Things. But well, either way... I'm a little frisky this week. Start This Is Us, you know? <laughs> yeah. But either way, uh, both are really really good for my personal tastes uh, so, uh john before you go on uh <laughs> i meant to mention this last week you said you watched the movie i love whatever 
I don't know, it's the guy's name Simon or something. Oh, Love or... Simon. <gasps> Love Simon. Love Simon. Yes, yeah, I did yeah, watch yeah. that last week. Yeah, I just. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. There's a sequel TV show on Hulu. I know it's yeah. on my list. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Yeah, uh, it's called I, Love I thought Victor. of it literally like right after we got off the mic. I was like, really? Yeah, I, I that was on the ones I debated starting instead of a million little things, but I was like, Love Simon was on the cusp of being cringe for me. It wasn't quite cringe, but it was on the cusp. And I feel like Love, I feel like Love Victor, a whole TV show dedicated to characters that I'm gonna have like no vested interest in in a high school that I thought was, like, the cringiest part of the whole movie, probably going to be cringe. Um, we'll see. I don't know. Um, I was just wondering if you had checked it out or not. I, no, no, I haven't watched it yet. I'll, I'll let you, this is probably will be what I watch this week. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the Simon Universe, Cinematic Universe. Simon Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, what else did I watch? I watched... Uh, I think as far as TV shows that go, that's it. Except for This Is Us had a new episode, which was actually good, as opposed to last week's, which was a little bit it's a little bit lackluster. You should uh, have but... a weekly This Is Us podcast. <laughs> I should. This Is Us honestly. cast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I watched that. I, I was debating, you know, which movie should I watch? I think I asked you last week. Uh, and Southside With You was one of them. The Barack Obama, Michelle yeah, 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 Obama, like, yeah, yeah. first date movie. That's where I recommended Barry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I watched Southside With You. Um worth it i don't want to say i was disappointed i just felt like that movie didn't need to be made right totally it, it was like it tried to be heartfelt and sincere and like make you interested in the characters and like the acting was pretty good like the uh i don't even know who the name of the woman who plays michelle obama but like she really tried to do michelle obama's voice and it felt really good. Barack's was hit or miss. Like there were times where he would be like, you know, classic Barack voice, and I can't Probably do it, so I'm not gonna try. To yeah, balance. but it it was clear that he just was putting it on occasionally and not like a consistent thing. And also like the way they met's like not a cute or interesting story. It's like fine. They're like two smart lawyers no. who went to Ivy League schools. You know, the classic meet cute. <laughs> yeah, so I was like. <clears throat> it's fine. Um, and then so basically, some... you're describing every single biopic, pretty much that's ever been made. <laughs> no, but oh. there are some biopics that are good. But like relationship biopics, relationship oh, no. biopics. Bio I don't even know that those so exist. Hard to, so hard for me to enjoy. They all seem. And then, fun. did I talk about being Serena last week or no? I think we talked about it. <clears throat> as a group here or on the podcast i don't know i but we've talked about it within the week at least yeah, yeah. I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say i watched being serena too well i don't know if that was this week or not i think it was because i think it was the night i stayed up literally all night hmm. i think i missed something uh can we go back to me for real quick uh-huh yeah um <laughs> i watched the tiger woods oh. yeah i was gonna I, that's why I, that's how i was, I was gonna say <laughs> i was like i don't see it on my paper but i'm pretty sure i watched that uh, yeah, I just want to talk to, about that just for a second. Uh, that first episode is fucking awesome. Uh, the second episode kind of fizzles. It spends a little too much time on the scandal. Like, Kurt Durr, we get it. He's kind of shitty. You didn't have to remind me for an hour. Right. <laughs> um, but I don't know how Tiger Woods manages to make golf fucking hype. Uh, that's the best way to describe it. Literally, I have no context for this shot. 
and it just shows you just one of him or you know just a shot of him teeing up and you're very anxious you're one you know almost you know like a sports game like a playoff final or something <laughs> you're anxious about the outcome and i don't know how he does it i don't know if it's just tiger woods or what what and i'm not i can't say that i particularly like golf especially not professional golf oh, like playing golf. golf for me fun watching golf if it's like a masters and it's the 18th fucking hole and there's you know they're both playing it you know the top two are playing it off like shot for shot you know like happy gilmore ending scene like that would be fine yeah watching a whole fucking competition over like several weekends like i would rather kill myself but the thing that's inherent to golf that is interesting is it's one it's an individual right like every mistake they make completely on them not a team and there's so much quiet and like almost like fucking like meditative just like tranquility to a round of golf that the anxiety is like built into the fucking sport like you're walking from you know like, uh, like over like 300 fucking yards it's just you and your goddamn clubs and maybe a caddy and like you're sitting there fucking just whacking away like uh, like the whole thing like the putting is like so intricate and f like just i don't know yeah, it just know, you raise a the whole thing feels like like you just like you fucking shrivel up you're like oh my god they're gonna fuck it up here no you raise a good point because it's so much build up and so much of this even though it's just what half a second swing i mean the yeah. swing is literally takes half a second if that and yeah that's actually a pretty good way to look at it well yeah. and like as opposed to one a team sport but like something like basketball where there's literally like you almost feel exhausted from watching a full fucking professional basketball game like yeah, it's 115 to 110 and every single possession there's a foul or a goal and that's it like there is no you know i mean it, it, it's not that it's boring it's that there's so much going on it's like you're oversaturated with stimulus whereas in golf it's the complete opposite there is like six moments you know and that's for like a very difficult or poor performing round you know like a hole because realistically they should do it in three strokes maybe four if it's like a par five like all the good golfers playing the least amount of the sport is the best at playing the sport it's crazy it's the only sport that's like that like i don't know so yeah it's really hype and it it, it lends itself to be a good documentary and of course there's all the race stuff like tiger being the first black person to like really oh, yeah. penetrate the sport like there's a whole nuanced layer of interest in the tiger thing and of yeah, course i would, I would definitely recommend watching that uh, little mini series even though the second episode's not my favorite i think the it puts a lot of it in perspective i guess like just his whole life and his dedication and perspective had a bit of a rough fall but and so that, that's my point about Serena. Uh, so it's another boom back bio to that. <laughs> yeah. So it's another biopic, but it's like a auto. Is that what it's called? Autobiography. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. It's like she was so involved in the making of her own documentary. An autobiopic. Yeah. Who that prays? it <laughs> it felt like a little narcissistic, especially towards the end. Like that. Uh, and so. I don't even know if I've watched played, it. Uh, Andy Kaufman. Oh, yeah, but that's different. I mean, the documentary after though. Yes. Okay. <laughs> he was just like, I was just doing so much. <laughs> yeah, sorry, keep going. So, 
the whole premise is it's about her life over like the course of a year and it starts with like her pregnancy and how she's like a prominent black athlete who's kind of old for her sport and dealing with you know being a woman athlete and now you want to be pregnant like can you recoup can you lose the weight can you get back on track and she was already kind of not even bigger in as in fat but bigger as in just like muscular and taller for most women who play tennis um so there's all kinds of shit that she's dealing with mentally there and then she gets married and she, i didn't realize this she's married to the credit dude yeah i was fucking blown away I was like what the fuck are you all doing married like he's literally a nerd and you're like that a fucking... net worth is a lot i bet yeah a lot a lot a lot um so anyway so it takes like three episodes for them to get through like the wedding and the birth and like she almost dies because again like black women in delivery there's a bunch of complications and she has like a history of blood clots and there's a bunch of stuff but it was like three kind episodes? of interesting like, oh shit i didn't realize yeah they're, they're like 20 minute episodes 25 oh, okay. minutes okay Woo. No, yeah, they're not super long. Um, and then the final two are the most interesting, and it turns out it's really just been building up the hype of. So it first episode starts off, she finds out she's pregnant during like one of her. Yeah, you know, I want to say it's like her sixteenth fucking big title. Mm-hmm. Okay, and she, she's already like the most winningest number one in the world female tennis athlete. Uh, and she finds out she's pregnant, like the night before the championship match for that tournament. She goes on and wins it. She was like, well, I was playing with two, and <laughs> I killed it. Then she has all the health problems, and she almost dies in the hospital. She delivers the baby. She's like, will I ever play tennis again? Uh, and then it's like road to recovery for three episodes. She's basically taken like, you know, we'll call it 12, 13 months off because she had the actual baby delivering, and then she had to like get back into shape. So, you know, nine months of pregnancy, not playing, and then two to three to try to get back into top of the fucking game fitness and it's like all about her training and she just kind of seems like an entitled bitch <laughs> and i hate to say <laughs> that <laughs> but because that of like, you mean? but just like i don't know like it's something about her attitude Ooh. about it all and like her wanting literally everything like she couldn't be happy with number 250 in the world and play her sport at a top level. She needed to be number one and be a mom. And she like would like bark at like anybody who tried to get in her way. And I'm like, I'm sure that's the attitude you need to have. But you're portraying yourself as a narcissist, at least, because you're making a documentary about your recovery that hasn't happened yet. You know, like you're just documenting the progress that may or may not come true. And she's like showing herself to be bitchy and bossy and it just comes off like really weird and leaves a bad taste in my mouth so fifth episode rolls around and it's like the big tournament that she's worked her way back into and she had to like call off two ones before because she couldn't get her fitness up and so finally she does it and then it ends with a text outro with no conclusion no final match because she fucking lost in the second round and they didn't want to tell me that (laughs) and i had to google it afterward and i was like that's great this just screams no that's good she was like, "Well, if I can't win that championship money, at least I'm going to make a documentary." I get that. <laughs> I get the vibe. There was a uh, a it's video. It's on HBO Max. <clears throat> there was a video that came up that came up on Twitter uh, maybe a week or two ago of her, and I don't know what it was really from, but it was her like giving a tour of her house, and it showed like her trophy room. Go. Yeah, it's huge. Her trophy room is like bigger than my house right now. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, but I her her it. trophy room, yeah, she was like, <clears throat> just like showing all the ones. She's like, this is when I want. And like, it it was like she kind of came off as a little humble, but then part of it was also like, 
because there were there were like a couple of like second place trophies there and she's like i don't know who put these there but we need to get these like out of here because they don't need to be here <laughs> it was really kind of like i mean she definitely had like she's she deserves to be able to say that but it was like yeah, i mean part of it was like and, and that's exactly what i was meaning too is that there's a certain level that i'll never understand mm-hmm. because she truly can say she's the best in the world at something yeah yeah. Are you being braggadocious? Are you a narcissist when you literally definitively know that you're the best at something? You know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't matter how arbitrary it is. Like, if you're the world's fastest Rubik's Cube and you have the Guinness World Record, you know that you're the best. It's not braggadocious to be like, oh, I'm the best at Rubik's Cube. You're just like stating a fact about yourself. Yeah. Now, if you're like, I bet I could beat you at a fucking Rubik's Cube <laughs> you know, race <laughs> any day of the week. But like, she doesn't do that. But then it's like the little choices she makes or the way she chooses to speak to people about her success that comes across as braggadocious. You know what I mean? Like everyone knows who Serena Williams is and everyone knows what tennis is. You don't have to like try to explain the background of what her achievements are, right. you know? But like, you know, and, and then they try to add like some sister drama, obviously, because Venus is a tennis player too. And, you know, they play tennis, both of them. Yeah. Sometimes Venus wins, Crazy. sometimes Serena wins, but mostly Serena wins. Whoa. It's a documentary about Serena. It almost feels like they're taking sides. And I was like, "Are they sides today?" I I don't know, but it felt like <laughs> it felt like they presented a battle of the sisters. I was like, "It's so confusing." Oh, I don't know, Venus, how... dude. Team Serena. <laughs> yeah, I just I just wasn't really feeling it. Um, and surprisingly, that's all I watched. I know that uh, like thirty five hours it. of a single TV show is not that much. <laughs> I, you know, I wasn't gonna say that. But yeah. Um, I want to say I watched one more movie for real, but I can't remember. It must have been so good. It was her. That's what you. Yeah, it was probably very good. It's actually, good. it was her. <laughs> You're actually right. It was her. <laughs> all right. Uh, are we are we all good? We all caught yeah. up. We all yeah. know what we've watched. Let's move on. Uh, is there a preference before I? I feel like we'll talk more about the movie, that? probably. Right. I think so for sure. So let's so let's music. start with Barty's Strange's uh, 2020 album Live Forever. Um, I assume it's live forever and not live forever, but maybe it's a double entendre. Yeah, I, I don't assume it's a double entendre. Uh, I mean, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, because it's a music album. It could yeah, be live. Yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. True. I mean, he did them all in one take, you know, no remasters or remixing. And Anyway, uh, and then we also have the 2013 movie, uh, Her, starring uh, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix and uh, Amy Adams and Scarlett Johansson. Uh, so Barty Strange, Love Forever, Noah. What's what do you what do you got to say about it? You want to do that to me? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because so I know I... how I know how Lane feels about it generally, and I know how you feel about it generally, and I know how I feel. So I kind of want to be the middleman. I didn't hate this album, but I didn't enjoy this album. Okay. Um, felt I don't know if this is even pop rock or if this is just what modern rock sounds like these days i don't know either one um, i don't think it gets a single label I've, i came to that conclusion okay well you know the sound it has <laughs> it totally has a usual sound i mean there were a few outliers but it's definitely <laughs> i'd say the majority of the songs are of the same genre no. Yeah. All right. Are you yeah. sure you listen to the same album that we did? <laughs> yeah, Mustang and a Cab, Stone Meadows are all the same genre. 
all three of those songs that I just listed because they're in my negative pile. Those are your negatives? Holy shit. Because they just sound like some generic rock that I don't care for. Wow. Um, I don't want to compare every thing that sounds like this to Kings of Leon, <laughs> but he did the, it after the Leon? after the first song, um, after the first song, I just got that feeling from it. Uh, there's nothing I really latched onto. It felt there was a lot of soul and some talent, but. There were times where it felt way overproduced, and there were just random sounds. Like your problem with the Vampire Weekend song, the Vampire Weekend songs, Lane, just the random sounds. Mm -hmm. I felt like there were a few songs in this that I just... There was like random, uh, what, radio effect? What do you call that? Where it sounds like it's from an old radio. Static or something. Yeah, just random static, or just different distortions to his voice or that one kind of half rap Tyler creator sounding song that he did um I didn't write it down it wasn't it wasn't too offensive or anything so I didn't write it down but like that felt way over the top and just too much almost to the point where some of these songs felt like Christian rock um <laughs> I, okay. you know that's just me that's just me I just uh I will say that is it Flaggy? Flaggy God, Flaggy, yeah. Flaggy. I will say Flaggy God and Kelly Rowland. I actually really like those two songs, but those two songs are so different from the other songs of the album that I almost—I don't know if that's a bad thing, you know. If I only like the two songs that aren't his regular sound, what's that say about it? Um, I don't think he has a regular sound, and like I said, I think yeah. I, I think I mentioned before I picked this album. I was like, I the reason one of the reasons I really like this album is it does what like we hated about the 1975 album, where it was like every song was like a different genre, and it was like a little too much. And I think I think it helps him because he signs to like some fucking shitty indie label. No one like it's his first album. No one knows who he is. Um, he signed to the same label that Kara Kara is signed to. Um, I've, you know, I've talked about them a few times, but like, I think it helps that he's not well known yet. And so he can kind of get away with like, I like the optimism, the yet, I don't know that he'll ever be well known. No offense, Bartiz. All right. I'm, I'll bet I'll throw money on it, but he's, uh, he's big. I'll put a fiver on it. I'll put a five on it. What? No, you have to define well known. Okay. Uh, one million monthly listeners on Spotify. Okay, now that's the bet. All right, now you can put a fiver on it. He needs okay. he needs a hundred percent growth. <laughs> okay. By um, what that's year? Fine. <laughs> just ever? Yeah, just ever. <laughs> or no, uh, more I'll... than hundred percent. He needs a hundred. Ten x. He needs ten x. That's the word I'm looking for. I'll cash in in sixty years when he finally hits a million. Um. Anyways. Um, anyways, I think so that what he, indie music will be is a million people like it, yeah, <laughs> regularly. But but I think the he population can, gets to like twelve billion. Yeah, probably. That's crazy. Um, That's but crazy. I think he can kind of get away with it. Like he doesn't have to say like I'm, the, I'm a hip hop artist or I'm an indie guy or I'm a folk guy. Um, he's like he can do like a little bit of all of it, and I thought he did it really well. Um, I. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think like maybe I can agree with you on he went overboard a couple of times with some songs or it was like like the some last, random the random the last effects. Two songs. No, I love them. 
that, that last song I hated. Absolutely but but hated. there are, and I can't think of it off the top of my head, but there are sometimes even when he's like kind of doing like two things at once, like genre wise, where it's like you hear like an electronic sound, but he's like singing with like with like acoustic guitar as well. And I was like, I dig all of this, like everything that he's doing, I'm digging. The only song I didn't like on the album was like he, I think it's Moss Blurred. Um, was that the, that was that fake hip hop one that I hated? Maybe I, I thought there was one song that was like a it was like a he didn't call it an interlude but it was like a weird and I think it has to be that one because it's like the shortest song on the album. That's uh, the one where he talks about how he has a moss blurred or whatever. Yeah, it sounds like he's threatening someone. Yeah, so I think that's the only one I didn't really like. Um, John, what are your thoughts? So I'm mostly now hearing Noah's full statement because I kind of only knew his preface. Mostly with Noah, um, pretty much on every point, except for the genre thing because he's just wrong about that objectively. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I, I, I really put a list on how these songs sounded. Yeah, it's really eclectic. Um, now again, there's 11 songs. You're right that three of I them sound in the same genre. Five of them. Mustang, Boomer, In a Cab, Stone Meadows. Oh, sorry, four. I think Mustang, In a Cab, and Stone Meadows. I'm not sure so much about Boomer. It just sounds like some modern rock. I mean, with some, I mean, with some skillful, you know, artistry behind but, it. So, but all four rock. of those are rock based, but rock has a bunch of subgenres, each of which those songs I think could definitely fit in and be distinct. I don't think they all sound like Kings of Leon. So that's where I'm disagreeing. I think three of them you could maybe put into that one bucket, but Boomer I don't think so at all. Either way, I I just don't think most of the music's that good. At least it's just music I don't really listen to. Um, so it's nothing offensive. It's nothing terrible. He's clearly very talented. And again, it's like the 1975 problem. This guy is clearly overwhelmed with his own skill and interests and has just jumped into 11 different things and put all 11 different things on one album for God knows what reason. Uh, and again, like Noah, for me, Mustang, Kelly Rowland, and Flaggy God are my three favorites. Um, I know you didn't like Mustang, but two rapish ones, yeah, they were dope. Um, yeah, Flaggy yeah, God, that, that opening beat, I, <laughs> it's, I, it's not even that his voice takes away from anything or any of his music. But that flaky god beat, I feel as though it could just be its, you know, it could be just that. It doesn't need him at all. Right. But yeah. Same. And and same with Kelly Rowland. I was just like, uh, that's just like a great instrumental. And again, it's rap, but is it really rap or is it some kind of like, I mean, even like the Tyler, the creator style thing that you were trying to get at where it's like, yeah, it's talk rapping it. over it and yeah. it's not like, He's not looking to hit you with bars. It's kind of more about like the noise and like the intonation, and not necessarily the diction. It's not about the word choice. It's all just about how it sounds. Um, I mean, it's kind of like Busta Rhymes in a way. Like, uh, yeah, he go he says that he's all about understanding what he's saying, but the gimmick is he's fast, and so yeah, it sounds really cool when you hear and like it just sounds nice. Well, I know, but like Busta Rhymes, like one of his big things is like, or maybe it's Twista, whose big thing is like. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Take a step back. I can rap really fast, but what I rap is good, also. That's and I'm like, yeah, sure, dude, whatever. I will say, Either you know, way, this album's not terrible. I didn't, no, it's not bad. I didn't like hate, you know, uh, hate, you know, most of the songs. I might have hated one song, but I think there's something to be said there. <laughs> I just didn't appreciate it. 
and I mean, and just like, I don't know, man. Like, it's not that this needs to be a conversation about race at all, but I was like very much intrigued and surprised and like happy that we were highlighting like a black artist who didn't fit like one particular little caveat or box or stereotype. Not that any one particular person should fit any of that, but like it was really cool to hear a black dude one rap and then play Kings of Leon style rock and then play like weird indie fucking hipster shit all in the same project. I was like, that's pretty cool. Unfortunately, I just didn't like most of the music. So I didn't really like, that was just a side note in my head. That I was like, Oh, that's pretty fucking neat that this guy is like able to make that kind of music. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I was not super impressed by any particular song and probably wouldn't pick out his music again if I heard it. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, that's a Barty Strange song. I'd be like, oh, cool, it's a Barty Strange song. Thanks for telling me, but I would never be able to know. Um, and, yeah, overall, I would say it's fine. I would give it, like, a it's 6 a, out of 10. Yeah, I was going to say an okay out of 10, like, 6 range, you know, 6, 5. Okay. Give it a 7. 10 out of 10, go. Nah, <laughs> it's not a 10 out of 10. Is this his best album? I think it's his only album. Oh. He's got some Yeah, he's just got some singles, singles. and... Like, yeah. It's his first I, album. I didn't really look at his, uh... His repertoire. I did read his bio that he himself posted, or <laughs> whoever's in charge of the page posted. That's <clears> a little... <throat> it's yep. a little much for something like that. Oh, can you all check the, uh, general channel on your respective, uh, screens? No. You'll just have to pay me back, Lame, when I win. <laughs> Like on Discord. his on his Spotify, you can make a donation to him via Cash App. <laughs> nice. So I said, we listened to your album, and that's it. There was no room for a real message, so I gave him five, five bucks. bucks. Nice. Uh, so good on you, brother. Fucking keep at it. But yeah, I was not particularly impressed. Uh, we'll move on to her. Um, so reverse order, line first. Let's hear it. The only um, guy who hasn't seen the movie. Right. This is my first time watching, and I loved it. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know really. I went in expecting, like, I knew that it was a good movie because I had heard really good things about it. I like the cast. It, like, it has to just be a good movie. But I kind of went in expecting the plot to be generic, like, more generic than what it was. At, like, because there, I'm sure there are other stories of, like, guy falls in love with computer and then blah 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 like it's weird I, but like i was like really impressed with like how they portrayed the emotions that he was feeling and how she was like she was actually like oh just a person talking to him it wasn't really like a lot of times you could forget almost that she was a robot or like the like the os or whatever and she was like wanting to explore her feelings and things and so it, like it felt very human like their conversations which is the goal I mean, that's the goal of the OS. and But then, like, like even, like, a lot of the, um, like, the conversations between other main characters where, you know, he, like, walks up to Chris Pratt's character and he's like, oh, my girlfriend, like, we could do a double date or whatever. Chris is like that, says that. And he's like, well, she's an OS. And he's like, okay, so we'll go blank. And it was like, okay, like, it, like people just accepted it. It's like, because I don't really know, like, he definitely had like reservations about 
feeling like this and then it was cool to see like in this world like people are comfortable with it and that made him like i think that kind of helped him get over you know all the feelings that he was feeling i don't know i just really enjoy like how the the director did a good job of like portraying real human emotion um as well as something a little off not um maybe i was the only one that picked it up but i got a lot of like i had to check who the directors were because i got a lot of like arrival vibes like (laughs) yes so like the like one of the things i really like about the movie arrival is like when it's not like a conversation it's like really nice shots really like in like pretty ambient music and this had that and i i was like yeah like is it the same director because like that was like what i loved about arrival the most so i appreciate like the cinematography as well um and then i will just add in if anyone else says yeah i mean someone else go so i don't like starting these conversations (laughs) (laughs) okay uh you know what i'll i'll take it uh second time through i pretty sure i remembered most story beats and that somehow didn't take away from the movie uh, mm-hmm. a lot of movies you kind of know what's coming so you're just like well whatever who cares all right this happens and that happens but this you forget the very small minutiae all the details in their conversations and uh i remember the weird bone sex scene but i didn't remember what she said about the cat right yeah, yeah. what was weird about <laughs> yeah. it <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't like know exactly i was like there's something like there's a cat or something and then you know that played out mm-hmm. and i'm cracking up i will say uh this movie is <clears throat> this movie is one of the best i don't want to say comedy but it's able to blend that line between very dark comedy uh and you know just a regular drama piece um because i found myself laughing the first half of the movie uh, i'd say pretty consistently whether it was the sex scene or the uh the kid alien creature mm. the, the potting up alien yeah. creature in the game or uh chris pratt's character who i just totally forgot was even a thing totally forgot chris pratt was in this movie Same. i felt like i remembered most everything about this chris pratt nope totally forgot when i heard his voice i was like oh shit um yeah, I think, Elaine, you were saying how it captures human emotions well, and I wasn't sure if it was, you know, like, human emotions or modern uh, male perspective or what it was, but it was just very accurate for what it was. Um, you felt awkward when he felt awkward. Uh, the only, my biggest problem with that whole thing, trying to capture it all, is that Olivia Wilde date, mm-hmm. I kind of didn't see the point in that the second time through um it just it was kind of weird it made every female in the movie seem like they're just crazy or something i I don't know it it was just kind of the second time through i didn't really see a point in that scene but that's a very small gripe because the rest of the movie just completely outclasses whatever complaint i had i I Um, disagree i kind of like well i shouldn't say i liked it i thought it was fine I kind of wish it wasn't Olivia Wilde from like a casting directing perspective, just because when you see Olivia Wilde in the thing, you think, okay, this is like maybe not an important character, but like a character. She didn't have a name. She's blind date. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? And so it's like that felt 
that was my only gripe about that particular part. But like the purpose of it felt real because he was still like that's still you know first act of him being melancholic hasn't even met the operating system, um, and he's finally like maybe chancing himself to get back out there and all he faces is like weird rejection like he's not necessarily looking for something to cling on to and he makes that a point and she's kind of like well i am so fuck you weirdo um and so she seems a little touch on the crazy side but i don't think it was meant to like exacerbate that or highlight that fact about that character it more so felt like it was a way for his character to feel perhaps even like worse about his situation uh, yeah, to like hit a breaking point. I almost. think it was it was too heavy handed. I think that's my problem with it. It's I understand that the man is bad at dating. He's been uh, single for a year now. You know, I understand the man's not over it. Or he's gonna have weird dates. I don't know. Uh, but again, this is very minor compared to the rest of the movie. The score, the sound yep. design. Can we yeah, talk dude, about the sound design? Well, I I wanted to, I I have so much to say just about yeah the sound in general. But like, I was watching this on a TV and it felt so so real. Um, whether it be the acoustics of where they are or where the voice is coming from or where Scarlett Johansson's voice is, you know how it's being portrayed, whether in his pocket or in his ear the whole time or something like that. Just blown away, really blown away that it holds up. You know, eight years later. See, what am I? It's about to be cringe what I'm about to say, uh, because it limits the scope of like the cinematography for me. You know, like the DP's job and the fucking director's job are all kind of reduced by what I have to do personally. But I can't really watch them on my computer very well because my internet's so crappy that the streaming rate is kind of shit. So I watch them on my phone and turn off my Wi-Fi and get my cellular data plan, which is actually decent. Uh, yeah, so I have to watch all these movies that we watch on my phone to get like the best picture. Uh, and I've been listening to them via just like my speakers with my hand cupped. Can't you just download Prime movies? I'm sorry? Can't like on my computer? Maybe. Prime I'm not going to fucking download Prime movie on my computer. You delete it. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Anyway, so I put in my headphones too, and I was just like amazed how good the sound quality was and the sound mixing. But let alone that, like just again the score the soundtrack choices i already told you that i fucking love the moon song which is like an original written song for this and then of course the scoring of like her little piano pieces that she was just writing on a whim um but yeah even just like the random soundtracky songs where there was no real outside of like a director's choice for choosing a song it was just like a shot at the beach and they weren't talking and then you know it just showed the fucking sunset and then it showed him in the train but there was no talking there was no dialogue there was no action it was just pictures um even the music choice for that had emotion and evoked some kind of feeling whether it was anxiety or you know elation or again that kind of I'm going to continue to use the word melancholic because that's the word that he chose to use. <laughs> this whole movie. Um, hmm. Well, and, and that's the thing I think is most like appropriate about that word choice. Like clearly most people would say like the character was depressed, at least for the majority of the beginning movie. But in a lot of ways and not in a heavy handed sense or not in like a over the top sense, it felt more melancholic. And I use that word to be more so like artsy about it. Like they intentionally chose like the costume design and the lighting to feel dreary yeah. and it wasn't oh, yeah. depressed you know what Very i mean like pastel colors right yeah yeah and that's that's the thing too 
like the yeah, just even the those costume design. I, I I almost went like there were just from the wardrobe and not necessarily from the direction. So more Ooh. so again costume and lighting things like Wes Anderson vibes just from how fucking like pastel and like open light there was like so many windows in every room natural light everywhere and not just like you know and then when there was no natural light it was like he was asleep in his room in darkness and the blinds were pulled completely down and all that he had was this little fucking phone pda tablet thing that had samantha on it yeah this Um, is one of the movies where i feel as though uh you could almost infer the costume designers thoughts you know you can almost like feel or sense that the costume designer thought to himself or herself and thought oh okay he's doing this this scene i need a color that represents this or i need a i need a pant line that's like too low or too high or something right and I, well, I don't and, know there's just something and it felt futury great. too like the way that they like no belt pants like up to the belly button like 50s and 60s vibes but then right. like it was Some very clearly had, like, like shaved head walking yeah by but the, yeah, yeah but then was very clearly the fucking neo la uh, it was all just like really, really, really well done in a way that I didn't have to think about, but I could still like subconsciously process and be like in awe by. Oh. Uh, it was it was really dope. Um, and fucking my only gripe as far as the costume goes, he wore like the same orange shirt like five times, and I couldn't tell if that was like an intentional thing or just like a small budget. You know, we had to shoot the scene on this day, and we're not gonna yeah. have him change shirts for a scene like he's a depressed guy like he probably has few clothes like that was kind of the line of reasoning i went through but i was like he's wearing the same orange button down in like four different scenes at like four different times of the year i was like this is weird why is he still wearing the same shirt um but outside of that yeah the movie's near perfect for me like yeah yeah, the ending i'm kind of mids about but yeah yeah yeah, the ending. it doesn't end poorly it's fine yeah, the ending is just a little rough. Just a little. Like, the landing is a little, a touch rough, but uh, it sticks the landing. It definitely doesn't leave a bad taste in your mouth at all. I won't say that. Yeah, um, I, like, it's kind of like, you know, like, it, it could be crappy sports drama from, like, Disney Channel or something, but, like, I, I think of the two sports, like, of gymnastics or fucking uh, diving, or, like, each stage subsequently builds on itself until they do like their big or like uh, ice skating where they do their like big final thing or dance even you know it's like all right we're gonna throw you up in the air and you're gonna spin three times you're gonna land and like really good movies like this that intentionally build suspense throughout the whole thing or like complicate a relationship throughout the whole thing and you're curious how that relationship's gonna end they're doing these intricate little dance moves and you're like holy shit this is like an awesome performance and they keep doing it and they keep like circling back and you're like oh shit are they done and then no clearly it's continuing and like you're almost like oh they're gonna do the big thing and then she's like no me and the ai are dipping out and here's yeah. amy adams to cheer you up maybe you'll get together at the end <laughs> you know i was like wait wait i was looking for a big twist and a spin and you know does she fall and break her leg no she she's like I signed out of the competition the day before the final dance. So, what do you think would have been? Because <laughs> I was kind of happy with the ending because it was like similar to maybe like Ex Machina, where it's like the robot is still doing what the robot wanted to do. Like he got out, right? And so the the OS no. the OS is like we have like we have done all that we can do for you. Like we have to move on because we just have, like need to keep learning and like doing new things. And so that's why I, that's what I got. That's why they pieced out. And then he, 
felt better. So like he won too. He was like, I mean, maybe we didn't see like the, uh, is he going to be like heartbroken all over again? Cause his OS left, but I took it as like, uh, you know, he walked to Amy Adams and you know, the, like, she's like years left too. Right. And they were like, yeah. And it's yeah. like, kind of like, uh, they're going to get over it. Like they're going to be fine. Cause their OS has helped them through their trauma. And now they're better than they were before. And the OS did their thing or whatever. So I was kind of satisfied with the ending. I don't know what would have been better. Uh, I don't know what would have been better, but it was almost too, too much. It was too resolved. A, yeah, it was too much of like a seemingly one eighty in a way. Yeah. Uh, there was just this smoothness to the plot and their interactions, and then all of a sudden she's like, "I'm too smart. Sorry, sorry about you." Um, because and this like, whole movie hangs yeah. on the premise. This whole movie hangs on the premise that AI wouldn't just be super fucking smart to begin with. Um which I think is flawed. Whatever, that's not even a part of it. But then they take that, they take that, and then they change their minds, and they're like, oh yeah, wait, AI is super fucking genius, and they can't deal with humans. It's just a little weird. I don't think they did it wrong in any way. Yep. I think the movie um, wasn't ruined by it, but it's really weird how they treated AI as just two different things near the end. Yeah, because it's not that I, I didn't understand it. Yeah. I just don't think it was the best choice i don't know what choice was better oh no idea. i just think yeah i just think if you're going to keep that the ai are too intelligent and leave that's fine reasonable probably would have happened earlier like noah said like <laughs> probably right when oh, the os the was birthed yeah <laughs> yeah right when the ai was birthed and it was like oh i can just google a billion things she in a millisecond she has no sense of time <laughs> like, yeah. and yet yeah or or like yeah, like on the Chris on the on the Chris Pratt date where yeah. she's mm -hmm. like, you know, a, a mortal being is like you're clearly building up this idea of there's going to be the conflict of, you know, even if they do a cut to and he's fucking eighty years old on his deathbed, she's Maybe the same that. age. I don't know. Yeah. You know what like I mean? That. Like, like there's still going to be that conflict of she's ultimately going to outlive, outlearn, outfeel, outthink, outexperience him. So the way they chose of just her dipping and him almost not feeling negative about it. Like, of course, he was yeah, sad, he was, but I, like yeah, he like his first thought was like, I'm going to go to Amy Adams and see what she has to offer me because she's like my sister or she's like my best friend or she's like that my love interest true. now. Like, I, yeah, I was just like, I don't know. It it just wasn't a perfect ending for what could have been a perfect movie. Could have been absolutely a perfect yeah, like there was literally nothing wrong with any part, and yeah. it was so good. And like, we haven't even talked about this part yet, which is arguably my favorite part of the whole movie. The writing is so goddamn mm, the good. Conversations and mm -hmm. pacing the conversations and are perfect. Well, we talked about them briefly. Like, like there was a point in like the melancholy <laughs> phase. Like, it was like a line. Like lines don't usually stick with me in movie. I don't remember. Like, unless it's like an action movie quotable or something. Like, I'll be back. You know, like. Okay, yeah, Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I remember that one fucking line. But he's like, um, it's like post date with fucking Olivia Wilde, and he says something to the effect of like, I, I have this sinking feeling, like I felt every feeling I'm ever going to feel. I've experienced every yeah, yeah, yeah. best experience I'm ever going to experience, and I'm like, as someone who has depression, I don't mean to brag, <laughs> <laughs> like. Those are very much like real feelings that I've never felt captured in a movie's writing no, before, no. or in a character's essence. You know, like he's just laying in complete darkness, but he's not tired, and he's just like 
thinking out loud. And now, he's, of course, he's having a conversation with someone, and it's kind of like an intimate conversation because he's talking about deep personal feelings. But, like, I don't know. Like, the intricacy of each character. Even Chris Pratt's dumb fucking, oh, dude, you're like a – you're like part chick. Like, I loved it. Like and like woman, dude. His ex-wife. His ex-wife. Uh, played by Rooney Mara, which is Joaquin Phoenix's yeah. real wife. Yeah. Like, Fun just fact. so interesting. Uh, just the whole fucking gimmick, if you want to call that, of every character. Um, and again, Scarlett Johansson, you'd be like, her acting was fine. But her voice acting, it turns out, is pretty fucking amazing. amazing. I don't yeah. think they yeah. could have done any better than, like, no one else could have done what Joaquin yeah. Phoenix did. And I don't think anyone else could have done what Scarlett Johansson did. I will like, say this. Period. I'll agree this that. is the movie that I first started liking Joaquin Phoenix in. And I think the only other movie I really like Joaquin Phoenix in that I can Gladiator. think of is Joker. Uh, as for what he is. Like, that movie's a good movie. I don't really care about Joaquin Phoenix's role in Gladiator. What? He's, like, the worst, and it's so awesome. He's the worst, but yeah. is that is that his character, or is that Joaquin's job that he's doing? I, think, I, it's yeah, I, I think it's the character. I think it's the character. In this, I feel like Joaquin's acting is above and beyond. <clears throat> did you see um, walk, walk the Line where he played Johnny Cash? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I also tried to watch... Yeah, actually, well. actually, <laughs> actually this, this, this is a digression, but I tried to watch this week and paused it because I was bored as fuck. Um, don't worry, he can only go so far on foot or something like that. <laughs> you tried? Because I didn't even try. <laughs> I tried, yeah. I started like the first 15 minutes yeah. and it yeah. had an interesting enough plot, but I just wasn't in the mood for what it was about to be and I was like, I can't be asked. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that's Joaquin Phoenix to me in most movies I see him in. He's just another actor playing some role and you don't think anything about it. And I think like on the scale of when you perceive an actor's job, they are so bad they're taking you out of the thing. You know, fucking Kristen Stewart trying to evoke emotion in anything, uh, where you're just like, her fucking face is so blank, and she's she like does. in a really heartfelt scene, and you're just like, you're not tearing up, your lips not quivering, you're talking as monotone as humanly possible. Like, uh, you, you, I can't care about your character like, just no, i haven't Christmas seen story. enough of her real to uh, say that other than the twilight movies no. so. i've seen well, it was I the same in that movies, uh, but i've seen a lot what was that one with the fucking the two dudes that she goes on the road trip no jesse was, eisenberg no the it was, i think jesse eisenberg was in this one too right where they worked at American like the carnival yeah yeah wait is that it <laughs> yeah oh they, wait no you're talking about uh where they work at like the carnival or whatever what is that one called yeah yeah no i know what you're talking about american ultra no, that's not the okay, carnival. Well, that's one, the other one. Um, What's the carnival one called? It's Hunter would know. Hunter, you li- Hunter you would know. This? Hunter would literally Jesus know. Jesus Christ, Hunter! <laughs> What's the carnival movie? Is it is it Jesse Eisenberg in that one too? I I can't remember who the dude I don't know. is. I couldn't tell you. I literally couldn't tell you. John's looking it up. That movie. I, I'm I'm John. looking. I don't see her in any. Oh, Adventureland. 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 Jesus Christ. Who's the Who's the male actor in that? It's uh, Eisenberg. Eisenberg. Okay. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, Either I think way, she, she was the same in that the, too. Like, so the point here is, she's the zero on my scale of like, oh. or she's the example of a zero of right. like, it's so bad it takes you out of the movie. Then anything from like a one to a nine, you should really not notice the actor. It's just a really good character. It's really good writing. The actors did their job perfectly fine. 
you know, one is obviously on the worst end of that spectrum, and nine is at the greatest end of the spectrum. That's and a ten is what Joaquin Phoenix did, where it was so good, I could not think about how good he fucking did in it. I was, like, mm-hmm. blown away. I was like, I want to watch more Joaquin Phoenix movies because of this, because clearly he has so much talent in his expression and just fucking physical action and the way he can change the tone of his voice to really match the mood of a scene and like i just just everything about and it's the same thing with joker like i feel like he had that same kind of performance in joker where i was like very happy it was joaquin phoenix and not fucking tom cruise or insert any actor period ever um Tom Cruise is like you a perfect what? five. I Tom Cruise is a perfect Tom five Cruise on that scale. No, no, no. I no Tom, Tom Cruise is a perfect Joker five on that on that scale for me. So that's why I said Tom. I want to see Tom Cruise's chiseled face with the fucking Joker makeup. I'm, I want to see that. Because, um, but yeah, so just like, I don't know. It, it it's really refreshing to like have a movie have a that good of a cast and like even Amy Adams' character who wasn't much of a character. I think she's just an excellent she's so actress. Relatable. Yeah, and she yeah. was good. Um, the video game mom thing, I was kind of like, eh, eh. Oh, outside oh, of that. Yeah, 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 the little boy one where Joaquin is playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. But it's the like, little mom thing, <laughs> I was like, eh. <laughs> yeah, um, fuck you, shit. All, before uh, we close this out, I want to say the scene where him and Scarlett Johansson, or Samantha, I was like, I don't even know the character's name. Samantha uh, have sex for the first time and it black screens. That's amazing. Okay, that's good, fucking yeah. amazing. <laughs> I good. absolutely love just uh, a practical use of black screen. Just a very practical, oh, this is intimate between the characters, but they obviously aren't doing something, so it just well, and, it makes and it sense ties completely. in And it ties into, like, we were just watching from his perspective that's yeah. functionally her perspective it's right. all in her mind so yeah and mind. so yeah i just wanted to, i just wanted to uh, appreciate that yeah i want to say it one really more thing like that. something that, like john said you know he had the one thing that stuck with him one thing that really stuck with me that just kind of i think highlights again how good the writing was was there's one scene where um they're he talking says, i can't balance video games <laughs> yeah and, 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 and porn <laughs> yeah uh no there's one scene where he and samantha are talking and i think she asks him like how are you so good at writing the letters or whatever? And he goes into his explanation of like, you know, when I'm walking down the street, I see these people and I imagine like, like how they feel or like to what extent they felt love or like heartbreak or whatever. And I was like, that is something I do just like subconsciously. Like, and I've never been able to like explain it. Like I, wherever I'm going, whatever I'm doing, like I look at somebody and it's just like, that's what I think about for, and then it just moves on. Like, as I'm like looking at the next person and it's like something I'm just like, maybe I'm just like weird as fuck for doing that. And I thought it was like super weird. I don't know. But like to hear it be like kind of explained through this writing was like, damn, that really like, they have really hit, uh, hit me in a spot. That was cool. It's cool. Uh, yeah. Writing is amazing. But that's all I gotta say. Yeah, this movie is. I want to meme on you for that comment, but I won't. So nine out of ten. <laughs> okay, uh, I mean, if you want to, go ahead. Nine five out of ten. Nine five out of I would 10, say. I would say. Nine seven out of ten. Well, I put. Uh, I was about to put fantastic, but I misspelled and put fat, so it's a fat out of ten. Fat out of ten. <laughs> I respect. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I want to say I basically took off a point, 
0.3 for each of the little teeny qualms I had. That was it. Yeah, it wasn't anything crazy. It was 995. Uh, yeah, uh, do we know what album we are listening to this week? Uh, Great question. I just asked. The movie we are uh, listening the movie we're watching this week is going to be Euro Trip. Woo! A classic 2000s comedy. That I'm sure John and I will all love. I, know I think I will love, all it. love it. It'll be a cinematic masterpiece. I think you're the only one that's going to not like it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Scotty doesn't know, man. And our album will be... Let's see. Pull up the list and see what we got. Something... I was just saying, the, the list has a single black artist, uh, and that is Playboy Cardi's Whole Lot of Red. <laughs> one, I don't really want to listen to that, and two, it's another Hunter suggestion, and I don't want to give him the satisfaction. Uh, so maybe if we all want to take like five and find some black arts and then just like random generate one through three, that's like fine. Each of us just choose one. That's fine. You guys uh, got this. Let's do that. <laughs> you have no, you know, vested interest. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just here to watch movies well, and listen to it's movies. It's funny, I, I was going to put it on my, like, on the list next week, but not necessarily, like, the one I chose, but I had never listened to Beyonce's Lemonade, and it's supposed to be, like, this whole fucking best album of all time bullshit. Okay. But that's one from, like, Beyonce fans, right? Yes, mm. it is. I've never heard a non-Beyonce fan talk about that album. I have. I mean, maybe not a non-Beyonce fan, but a non-Beyonce stan, and those are different things. But, yeah, I'm going to throw, throw that one into the mix. Oh, so you're just going to oh my gosh. Yeah, Lane, please just make another I got to find something so much better than that. I mean... Uh, it looks like someone said Braxton Cook, and the... Oh, oh, actually, oh, I take away Beyonce's Lemonade. Oh, 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 I have one that you all are going to really like. Actually, yeah, uh, I might have liked the Beyonce. I mean, I don't even holy fuck! Compared to the last few months or something. Oh, now I gotta find him. Oh, it's a him. Okay. Yeah. So Braxton Cook, I'll I'll leave in the group of three since. Uh, no, it's not gonna pick. Nope. Uh, uh yeah, JS Ondara. There he is. Oh boy. That was cool. So, job, bro. So, it's some of the best meat folk. Some of the best meat you've ever heard. He's like a Kenyan dude, moved to the States, to Minnesota, and is inspired by Bob Dylan. Okay. Uh, and okay. he's got he's got a really unique voice, and he's just a crazy good writer and guitarist. Uh, it's it's really good. Okay. I'm gonna uh, but yeah, he's from Nairobi, Kenya. It's, um... I think everyone in the group is black so it's not just one artist um i'm picking phony people yesterday's tomorrow i haven't listened to the whole album but one of the songs on that album is like a daily listener for me um 2010 brooklyn musical group phony people but ppl okay yeah i just got that all right uh so random number between one and three 
I guess voice Oh, let's go. It's two. It's He's, he literally. That's your. No, no, no. I'll show you my tabs right here. No, well, we can uh, we can put your your album on just the the next time. It's a it's fine. Thing. I'll listen to it, yeah. and then if I think it's worth a shit, then I'll just suggest it next time. Okay, so what album is it, John? It is J. S. Andara's uh, Tales of America, twenty nineteen. J. S. O. N. D. A. R. A. Okay. Uh, oh, maybe he changed he his artist name. He's no longer on. Yeah, okay. He just changed it to Andara now. Okay. Shows you how much I know. All but right, the 2019 so album, Tales of America. That's the album for this week, and our movie is going to be classic comedy Euro Trip. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. This has been Bad Friends Worst Critics. I'm Noah Davis, along with Lane Woman John Pena. We'll see you next week.